You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Well, well, welcome everybody. Grand Rising to all of you. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we have a wonderful Wednesday in the works for y'all. I'm so excited. Of course, y'all know it's a what's the word Wednesday too. So I got to hear from my guy, Brian Callanan, coming up toward the top of the show here. Uh, always got to check out what's going down tonight on Seattle News, Views, and Brews. And later on in the show, I get to talk to Miss Eveline from The Wiz. Shanice Omar is in the building. Uh, so excited that she is joining me here in the Black Media Matters studios. And you guys know how much I've been geeking out about The Wiz. So you know that conversation is going to be amazing. But I also want to say a couple of things after we get started. But y'all know it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. Go ahead, tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. 200 plus platforms. Y'all will find us there. Uh, shout out to our podcast team for making that happen. And for everyone who is listening and sharing the podcast and watching and sharing the stream, we appreciate you all. Of course, I've got to keep this message alive here because the tickets are still on sale for the Nutcracker, y'all. Make sure you guys go to Pacific Northwest Ballet. Get your tickets to the Nutcracker. That show started on November 25th. It is ending on December 27th, my birthday. So make sure you guys get your tickets. And it's so exciting because tomorrow, Converge is going to be in the building at McCall Hall. That's right. They're going to be taping and filming uh, the Rewind with Besa and We Live in Color with Deontay. Damper, you know, talking to some amazing dancers and some of the folks behind the scenes at PMB. So make sure you guys tune into those shows tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for my time at McCall Hall, which we'll be giving y'all a heads up about later on. But so excited that Converge will be on set right there. Beautiful. If you guys haven't been, I'm telling you, the architecture of the building in and of itself is amazing. Just go and check out the Nutcracker family-friendly show. Um, thank you so much to everybody over at PNB. My friends, Gary and Leah, they are making sure that my entire family is going to the Nutcracker on my birthday. We almost never do nothing for my birthday because it's the 27th of December, y'all. So I'm very excited because they were like, look, Hey, we're, we're giving you a birthday gift. So I'm so excited. I get to take my whole family. Make sure you guys get your tickets to take your family as well. Um, and today's amazing day, of course, because the postman is open once again. Make sure y'all are getting your holiday packages going through the postman. Amazing black owned business. Uh, shout out to the whole picket family for keeping it going. Um, you know, now that we have lost Devon, I know for Kiana, this is so 
important to keep it moving, but we are so glad that it's open again and it's holiday season. So this is the time to be getting your cards and packages and gifts, whatever you got going on, get it out there. Utilize the postman as a way to do so. Thank y'all for being steadfast to make sure that we still have that open in our community. It is such a needed asset. Well, you guys know when it comes to what's the word Wednesday, our guy, Brian Callanan is going to keep us up to date with all the things going on at City Hall and beyond. Take a look at what's coming on tonight on Seattle News Views and Brews. Hey, Trey, I'm sorry I can't join you in person again, but I did want to make sure I checked in because we got a lot going on on Seattle News Views and Brews tonight on Converge at 7 o'clock. We're talking about a lot of stuff, including what's going on with the Seattle City budget. The final, final budget was actually approved yesterday, and it was an interesting vote there because six council members voted in favor of it and three voted against. The three that voted against, not people that always vote together, but we're talking about council member... Peterson, Councilmember Nelson, and Councilmember Sawant. Councilmember Sawant often votes against the budget. She thinks a lot more money should be going to the people of Seattle, and she said that a number of times over the years. But the two people from the more moderate block of the Seattle City Council, Peterson and Nelson, were especially concerned about what was going on with the police department budget. We've talked about this a lot over the past several months, but the issue is this. The Seattle Police Department is trying to fill a number of unfilled positions, about 240 of them. What the council did in its most recent budget was say, OK, you know what? Over the course of this next year, you're not going to be able to fill more than 100 of them. That's what your hiring plan actually says here. So what we're going to do is abrogate or take away 80 positions that are unfilled. It's something that's happening on paper here. It should not affect the day-to-day -day operations of the department, but it was something that Peterson and Nelson really thought sent a message. They were hoping that the Seattle Police Department could hold onto those positions and potentially use that extra money for overtime, things of that nature. But this is a big change here for the police department. This is something the council wanted to make sure they were clear on in terms of what they were doing with those dollars here. So that's one part of it. However, I will say, because that 80, those 80 positions there, that's not something that the mayor had initially proposed. But I will say something the mayor did initially propose, moving these parking enforcement officers back into the SPD from where they were with the Seattle DOT, the Department of Transportation, that is not, that's what's something that the council actually agreed with. They are going to be moving these parking enforcement officers, the PEOs, back into the Seattle Police Department, which is an important move here because I think it's going to make things a little more efficient for the city. The mayor said this would actually save about $5 million in administrative costs. And as we know, with these parking enforcement officers, with the DOT, at least for this past year, there have been a lot of different problems. So we'll see how that sorts out. Another public safety issue that I really want people to keep an eye on is this idea of creating a 911 alternative. And the city put some money towards this, and we should be seeing this roll out in the start of 2023. This is something that the council and the mayor have agreed on, a situation where there might be a mental health worker that goes out with a police officer on these different calls. So it doesn't lead to situations like we saw with Charlena Lyles and other situations there where there are mental health cases going on. Police can sometimes escalate those. So there's this hope that a new system can be put in place to try to de-escalate some of those situations. So a lot going on with public safety there. We also talk about what's going on with homelessness in this budget here because there's a lot going on with that too. A lot going into affordable housing, more than $250 million actually going into that for the city of Seattle. But there's just a ton to look at here. And I did want to make one more point because the city of Seattle is doing a lot of things. King County is doing a lot of things too. Something to watch 
on the docket for King County next week. The King County Council is working on rolling out this plan to put a ballot measure on the ballot in April of next year. And this would be to fund five mental health crisis centers located all around King County. They would be walk-in type situations. Also, people could be referred there by officers or things of that nature. But this is something that the county literally does not have right now. And as we know, those mental health needs are big. They're very big right now. So this is something the council is going to be working on next week. You'll hear from Gurmay Zahalai, who's got a lot to say about this. So you'll be hearing from King County Council members about this for the next several months here as this ballot measure ramps up. That's all all the time I have for now for you, Trey, but I wanted to make sure that people checked into Seattle News, Views and Brews tonight on Converge at 7 o'clock. See you soon. Wow, Brian, always keeping us up to date. Of course, I have my take on a lot of these issues, and it's really interesting uh, that they were able to kind of put together a final budget now uh, and, and cut those 80 positions from SPD. I mean, this is something that I think a lot of folks are saying, OK, well, you know, the, the fact that they're not utilizing those funds for overtime and things like that may be something that a lot of community members are like, this is some of the things that we've been pushing for. Uh, but but it's it's interesting uh, to know that there were folks that did vote against it. And as we know, you know, Councilmember Sawant definitely, as you said, Brian, you know, always makes a mention of how much money needs to be coming into Seattleites. This is something that we hear all the time, but it's also very true um, in, in terms of some of the, you know, measures that we need. I love hearing this uh, $250 million investment into affordable housing. Is it going to be diversified affordable housing? That's the question. So how they go about that is a whole other process, but it's very good to see that there's a huge investment being made there. And of course, when we talk about our homeless and unhoused population, you know, I understand that there's going to be a varying amount of needs to really serve that population. So it's in, we need to still remember that they should be at the center of those solutions, right? We need to be talking to them. Um, you know, we need to be making sure that there's a bridge so that their voice Voices are really heard. Um, but, you know, this is really interesting to have the, 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 you know, parking enforcement officers go back. I mean, if we can save money on administrative costs, that's great. I also think, too, when I hear this, I go, I don't know if enough time was given to even allow it to work. So, if we're going to save costs, great, because I know that that's necessary right now for the budget. There's so many questions about budget uh, right now. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions. Make sure you guys are tuning in uh, tonight at 7 p.m. to Seattle News Views and Brews. Uh, Brian Callanan and David Cromlin are going to keep us up to date on all the issues. Wish you were here, Brian, because, you know, me and you could go into so much dialogue about all of these amazing topics. But thank you so much for putting a clip together so we know what's going down tonight. And for me, y'all, I'm excited because after this break, I get to bring Shanice Omar to the set with me. She plays Eveline in The Wiz. We're going to be talking all about her role and how she got into acting. Make sure you guys stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back Black Love When We Met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again 
again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash black love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for Black Love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Miss Shanice Omar. Hi, Shanice. Hey, how you doing? I'm amazing. You know, this has been a whiz week for me. I mean, mm. it started off my week on Sunday, taking my boys and, and, and my oldest son's girlfriend yes. to The Wiz. And honestly, it was all of their first time seeing The Wiz. <laughs> so they hadn't seen the movie. They didn't have much of a concept for what the show was going to be, but we were all like, oh, well, blown away. Um, you know, before we get into your role as Eveline, tell us a bit about what got you started in acting. Um, I guess I've always been a, a little magic type. For those y'all born in the 70s and 80s in Living Color, you know what that is. That's right. <laughs> always performing. My mama always had me like doing the Easter speech, singing in the choir. Like if they needed a volunteer for something at church, she's like, Shani, will do it. So that's kind of how it started. Um, in middle school though, I joined the Total Experience Gospel Choir. Uh, yes, that's right. With um, the goddess queen, Reverend Patronel Wright. That's right. And uh, that kind of changed my life. It um, She really taught me how to be an all-around performer, to be consistent, um, to be professional. I was in the choir probably from, I was like 11 to 18 till I went away to college. And it really shaped and formed uh, the artist I am today. I I... Everywhere I go, every stage I, I go on, I take Pat with me. And uh, as a lot of us know, she passed. Uh, she transitioned a few months back. And it's been really hard for all of us that were with her for all of those years because literally what you see on that stage is because of her, wow. because of what she fed into me and instilled into me. So um, that is a huge part of my journey. Um, but I've always been in love with like storytelling and movies. My mom said I would go to the movies. She wouldn't have to go. I come home and tell her everything. <laughs> Act out every scene. <laughs> just a ma just a little magic, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love well, you're talking about uh such a pillar in our community. Listen, I too was in total experience yes. as a choir. And my grandmother had me and my cousins in it because we were part of the church. It was just it was like the thing to do. But as a young person, it was also the first time I got to experience travel to perform. And you are so right in terms of what Pat Wright brought to all of us was this level of dedication to the craft. That's right? right. And it was about how you showed up on that stage because everybody was going to feel what you were pouring into it. So I love that connection. So uh, we sisters, yeah, we know, absolute, sisters. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, you know, as a theater kid myself, it was also something that I took on stage with me. So I love hearing this and, and knowing that that's a great foundation for you. I mean, you know, being here from Seattle, we see how theater is really growing. I mean, oh, there, yes. you know, when I was a young person, I was volunteering at the children's theater mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing all these amazing shows. Tell us a bit about the evolution of, you know, your craft um, as you, you know, kind of went to college, came back, all of that. Tell us a bit about how it really kind of took off for you in adulthood. Um, 
Well, like I said, you know, just being in tow experience afforded, like you said, travel and a lot of opportunities. So we did commercials. Uh, uh, we we did radio spots. Uh, we recorded music. We did plays. I remember I did a show with the Seattle Opera through Total Experience. And so I had some professional experience already. I, I also, I'm a graduate from Renton High School. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so South End, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so Skyway, sorry, <laughs> I just put it all in. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I was doing plays at school and then when it was time for me to go to college, it was kind of like, well, what are you going to major in? You know? And I thought communications, cause that was a safer route. And I remember my dad said, Shanice, like you love theater, you should just go for it which is weird. Parents don't normally do that. They're like, what you going to do with that? So I studied uh, theater, got my BA in theater arts at Southern University. We just won the Bayou Classic this weekend, yeah, y'all, at yeah. Jaguars. Uh-huh. Um, I got to shout out all my, my folks, y'all. Uh-huh. I just want you to know that it's happening. The whole interview. Um, uh, so I, I, I graduated with a theater degree from Southern and then... Um, I, I, you know, did the family thing, got married, came home and did Black Nativity. So that that was my very first uh, professional show as a graduate, as a theater graduate. And um, I got Black Nativity, of course, through Pat Wright. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like an inroad. You know, she was like, hey, <laughs> come on now that you're back home. And uh, that kind of started it from there. That was at the Intamon. From there being in Black Nativity, they called me in um, to audition for Jeanette and Crowns. I booked it. We did that show. We did a full run um, here in Seattle. And then we went to Philly and did a full run. Um, After that, things just kept going. um, Because once you start auditioning for the regional houses, other houses see you. So from there, I uh, got called in for Menopause the Musical. Child, I was 27 years old. (laughs) But this voice, they always cast me as older because, honey, this voice, mm, I'm the grandma, I'm the ancestor and everything else. Okay, I had this voice when I was in kindergarten. Um, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, So um, I got called in to do Menopause the Musical. And uh, what I didn't know, Trey, was that they were auditioning for the tour and for the sit down show at ACT. I thought they were just auditioning for ACT. I did not book the ACT gig, but I did book the tour. So I went on tour um, and then I moved. I moved to Houston, started working down there at the ensemble, started working at the alley, did the Tourette show about uh, Barbara Jordan a couple of years, uh, taught at Tuts, did a gig at Tuts down there, and then moved back to Seattle. And it was almost like I was starting over because I had been gone so long, people didn't know me. So I got to auditioning again and things just started like pouring pouring in. I've been blessed, I have to say, to be a black actress in this city and to work. Um, COVID obviously was hard. Um, I also teach. That's my side hustle. I teach theater. I love kids. I love introducing theater to young people. When you told me that you took your son's girlfriend to a show and I took mine just in the past couple of weeks, past couple of months to her first show, I think it's important that we introduce um, 
and make available theater and accessible theater to our young people. Yeah. Because a lot of us, you know, we don't look at it as a true form of entertainment. We like, we'll go to the movies, we'll go to a concert, we'll do some other things, but we don't think, oh wait, theater, that's a great fun time or for, for a date night, that's great, that's fun, it's something different. And so introducing young people to theater is like my love. And I'm hoping all of the little kids, the little girls that look like me are coming to see the yeah, this is this is this is why I'm so excited. And I, I get to call out Rachel because Rachel is yeah. like my key to Fifth <laughs> Avenue Theater. And, uh, you know, I, I hit up Rachel. I said, Rachel, look, I, I know for media I will get two tickets, but I've got to bring my son and his girlfriend. She's like, nope, you know, because I wanted us to all sit together. It's so important, like you said, for younger people to understand not just that, okay, The Wiz is obviously this amazing cast of beautiful Black folks, right? That's one. But another is that it is so telling of a real story and a depiction of our version of a classic story that right. then became an instant classic once The Wiz popped off in theaters all over the, the country and then in movie theaters. I mean, everybody was like, oh my gosh, I connect to this story, right? And so tell us a bit about your connection because, I mean, I'm telling you, talking to Jared, I was like, the costumes and the wigs, I, I mean, I had just missed Kelly because she had left the wig designer uh, for, for the wigs, but this was such an intentionality of pulling together the team to make this story what it is, and it is purely magical. So just tell us a bit about your experience in this show. I have to say that... Uh, the Wizard of Oz, and particularly the Wiz, because it is us, has always rang Sankofa vibes to me, meaning reach back or go back and get the knowledge or go back into your heart, to the base, to what you know. And when we think about Dorothy and um, her really not, not liking Kansas, not liking her little sleepy town with her, with, with her aunt M and her uncle. And I just want to go. I don't want to be here. I just wish I could blah, blah, blah. And then being blown away, away from your safety net, away from your village. Um, she learns along the way that, oh my gosh, everything on M, my family, my village, poured all of this stuff in me. So I'm going to take this stuff, even if she didn't know she was doing it, she was giving it to the Tin Man, to the Lion, to the Scarecrow and say, hey, come with us. We're going on a journey. We're going to find our way back, Sankofa, back, back to where the love is, where the family is, where the security is, where the peace of mind is. I'm in this topsy-turvy world. Of course, there's lessons, but I'm uncomfortable. I'm speaking as Dorothy now. I'm uncomfortable. I'm being stretched right? How do I get back to what I know? And I believe that is what this story is. That is, uh, that's what it says to me. I am all about looking back, reaching back, getting something from my mom, my grandma, my ancestors from the land that I don't know, but the roots are there. So I feel it. So I, that Sankofa message to me is just so huge. Um, and then Seattle, you know, this is a very special production and it hasn't really gotten the smoke that I wanted to give. So I'm going to put it right now. Converge. This is all black cast. First time on this stage. And if I am correct and we can correct me because I'm not going to say it's a fact, but I believe I'm right. I believe our music director, Mrs. Sandra Renee is our very first black music director to 
music direct a musical in that playhouse or a, a, a self-produced musical in that playhouse, a Fifth Avenue produced musical in that playhouse and stick conduct in that pit. Wow. I got emotional the first time I saw her wow. there. That means a lot to us in Seattle because when we're singing our music and we don't have our music, a music director that has lived with that and so there's a lot of stuff that's charted on the on the sheet and so it's like okay we're gonna we're supposed to do what's charted on this on the sheet and there's i use this example all the time there's runs or riffs charted on the seat well runs and riffs are so personal to the person it depends on breast control it depends on what they ate that day it depends on how much they feel in what they sing and they never do it the same way every time and so when i see it charted on music i'm like i tell the music director right away so i can't do that run because that's not mine i'll figure out something to feel it there yeah. and make it mine um and 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 that journey um it because i know you asked about how did i get into acting i want to segue back but that journey has always been hard for me in acting to speak up and say hey actually that doesn't work for me and if you want the best of shanice i need to be able to da, da, da. now if you let me da, 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 I'll da, da, da. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you expect me to do what they did it's gonna be okay yeah it's gonna yeah. be good enough yeah but is that the bar right right so um so yeah so it just like it's monumental to to see um lady sandra renee in that pit and to have an all-black cast on that stage i'm like from the very beginning i was like we about to put on for the city yeah this is for my the, i'm i'm sea town yeah I'm town business. We we about to put it on for the city. You know what? And I feel it. I'm, I'm going to tell you yes. like this. Like I was so, I, this is why I'm so grateful this week that I got to have Jared on and you because I'm like, this is a whiz week for me. Like yes. I've been on a whiz high since I saw the show. And it's so funny because I remember talking to Rachel and being like, oh my gosh, we're doing the whiz. And I was like, you're doing what, you know, right? So then automatically my brain goes to, well, how are they going to do the whiz? What is it going <laughs> to look like? And so then, you know, Aviona, shout out to Aviona. She, yeah, she put me on with the Afrofuturism panel where I met Jared and Kelly and we were talking about it in a whiz context, right? Mm -hmm. Because Afrofuturism, I think, you know, the whiz, the movie in particular kind of really showcased that for a oh, lot of yes. black audiences globally, right? Yes. And, and so in my mind, I'm like, how are they going to do this? So then I met Jared and I met Kelly and I'm like, oh, honey, they are not just doing it. They doing it, doing it right. The research, the detail, the like you see the South African. Um, 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 uh, there's an overlay. I believe it's South African. It's an overlay that the Winkies wear in yeah, my scene. Yeah. There's um, African fabric, Ankara here. There, I mean, like they really, Jared really reach back to find like what is us, what is ours, and we're going to incorporate that. It's a part of this. It's a part of our journey. And you know, like me and Jared, we've become friends. Yeah. Shook my friend yeah. now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking to Shook, he always talks about how Kelly like really understood his vision. And I tell you, the headpiece that I wear, I don't know. you. Yeah, you were there Sunday. He said, look, I want Patty LaBelle realness yeah. with this. And baby, if I don't feel like Patty, Patty, <laughs> okay? Like back in the day, yes. honey, I was, these people did it. They No, they really did. And they you did know it. what? You did it. Because you, you. brought it 
to life. Like, I mean, all of these things are so intentional and so necessary, but the cast in and of itself, I mean, from all of the characters that, uh, you know, are, are on the stage, everybody is giving 110%. You feel it in the audience and you came out with a (laughs) bang, honey. I mean, that Eveline is on. Just tell us a bit about what it is to portray her. Yeah. Just tell us a bit about what it is to, to be Eveline. That's such an iconic character. It, it, It is. And I, it's my character. Let me say that, honey. This is my second time playing Eveline. And when I found out they were doing the whiz, I called right away. Uh, right away because that is that's my jam and there's so much of her I think she's misunderstood I think she was hurt somebody did her wrong back in the day and she just settled on being evil that's all (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so I will play Eveline a thousand more times like that's I love her Um, but just like the costuming when he put me in that costume and I think it really like sealed the deal for this particular Eveline because it was important that I didn't do the same Eveline that I did in the last show. They can be fraternal twins, but they can't be identical. OK, yeah. it's a different show, different people, different director, different feel. She's new. We're doing a new thing. Right. So but once I put on that dress and the swing and the movement I was like okay this it has to be a part of the character the way this dress moves all of it is fluid it's not like the character and then the outfit it has to meld together because Jared did such a good job and Kelly did such a good job there was no way that I was going to not honor and just freak the hell yes (laughs) sorry can I say that yes you can the double (laughs) hockey (laughs) stick Freak it in their costume and make it just a part. It is a part of the story. And so it has to come alive too. They really did a good job doing that. And it just turned things up a notch for me, you know, and, and just like when you said the audience is bringing it and then here I come the second art, excuse me, the cast is bringing it here. I come the second act. I have to, because they are killing it. I'm in the dressing room listening over the PA and it sounds like a laugh track. Right. And I hear my folks out there doing it. I have no choice but to go out there and honor what they've laid down before I got there and smash that. Well, you do. (laughs) And and you know what? This is for me. This is one of the things that I really, really appreciate, love and miss about theater is the relationships you build with cast members. I mean, because every show that I was a part of, we walked away from the final show being like, we've just built a whole, I built a whole family, an extension of my family, family. with all these folks. Tell us a bit about that. Cause I know that you're, t- we're talking about the intentionality of putting this show together with the music director, with the costume designer, the wig designer, all of the people in the cast. Tell us a bit about that. Cause I know that's gotta be something that you're carrying with you as well. Yes. I mean, like I said, it's very special because it's all black cast, black director as well first black music director um, in Seattle. Um, So it is the first couple of days of rehearsal, like me watching, I was getting emotional, teary eyed, you know, because I, I know, I know what this means to the black actors, to the local black actors here. And I'm hoping it'll mean the same thing to black Seattle as well. Um, But just having all of that, that camaraderie coming together, like it's, 
I've been in all black cast before here because I do straight plays too. You normally see that in a straight play. Rarely in a musical in this city do you see an all black cast. Sometimes, but rarely. Um, the closest thing I could say musical wise with the all black cast is when I did Nina Simone for women at the oh, Seattle rep. Yeah. yeah. And that was a play, but that's considered a play with music. Mm-hmm. Crowns is considered a play with music that, you know, so um, a full fledged musical like this is amazing. And we have kind of been waiting for it. The black actors here have been waiting for it. We're so happy that we get this opportunity to honor number one, um, uh, the legacy of all the black actors that came before us, right? The ones that were here in Seattle, putting putting in the work, mm-hmm. not getting a chance to to play the big roles, not being being able to be a principal, you know, or always being cast as the maid or whatever, or the butler, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of them, those black actors that were here before us, and we just want to we. We want to put on for the city. I keep saying that because that is like where it's at. We want to put on for the city. And and just like together, like I've worked with a lot of the Seattle folks that are in this show. So we are already a family. And you know what that is. Once you jump from show to show, that's the hard part because you get this love, this connection, and then boom, the show's over. You move on to the next. And but a lot of these Seattle actors I have worked with numerous times. We love on each other. We support each other. We help each other out whenever we can. Um, I love and support them. You know, they all, they call me auntie or mama. <laughs> and I love and support everything that they do. I try to go see them when they're in other shows and vice versa. We're a pretty tight um, community here within the Black actors. I want us to be even tighter as more come into the fold. Um, but it's just been a beautiful thing to share that with, with my folks. Yeah. I just love you saying that because I'm telling you, I, I was I was just saying this uh when I was interviewing the director of Amen Corner and I was like, I need to get back into acting. That. Like Ooh, I, Amen I, Corner was yeah, so good. It was, it was Shout fun. out Amen Corner yeah. was the bomb. Was, Let me put that there. But, That's another know, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, see, so so for me, I was like, Oh man, you know, I gotta get back into it. Like I this for me, I did end up doing production, but I love connecting with my theater folks. So Shawnice, I just thank you so much for being with me today, for bringing your brilliance to the Black Media Matters studios and contributing, you. you know, to, to the brilliance of Black legacy here throughout Washington State. You Thank are doing it and I see you. I'm inspired by you. Thank you so, so much Thank for you. what you're doing and bringing. Um, if folks want to connect with you on Instagram or whatever, please let them know right there how they connect with you. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm on a couple of the socials. So on Instagram, it is at Shanice, just my name, the way you spell it, S-H-A-U-N-Y-C-E. And on Facebook, it is my name, Shanice Omar, S-H-A-U-N-Y-C-E-O-M-A-R. Come hit me up, you know, shout me out in the inbox, say, hey, I saw you on Converge. I'm coming to see the show. We have discount codes. I don't know if y'all know about that, but hit me up uh, about the discount codes um, and just other ways that you can see the show for a discount, team ticks, all kind of things. Um, but yeah, uh, find me and say hi. And if I see you out on the street, say hi, because I am a people person. So I say hi too. Um, what else? Oh, one more thing I want to say. You said something in your earlier segment that your birthday is December 27th. Yeah. Okay, Capricorn. Yeah. Mine is January 10th. Right, I was right. like, ah, that's why she's <laughs> 
That's it right there. Capra Queen. Yay, hey. Capra Queen. I, I'm definitely going to be taking that one. I've never so heard it. I made it. a shirt that said that. So now, because I see you're a shirt person, so we got to get yeah. you a shirt that says Capra Queen, yes. honey. Because it's coming up. Our season's coming up. That's right. We are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. There was nobody before us. Nobody comes after us. We tied up. <laughs> I love it. I told y'all, I told y'all today was going to be a wonderful Wednesday. Shanice, you just took us over the top. Thank you so I'm much for being top. with me. I Thank so Thank you for having you. me. Absolutely. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Thank you. We got to do this again. We will. We will. Now Maybe at the happy friends. hour though. There we go. <laughs> Bounce around the city. There we go. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys. Clearly, um, when I tell y'all to get your tickets to The Wiz, I mean it. It is more than just like an amazing show. The intentionality of building, you know, the crew, the cast, everybody being involved. As Shanice just shared with us, you know, we all in the audience get to experience the love that cast members have for one another by being here for each other. It is a tight-knit community when we're talking about Black actors and actresses in this city. So I'm so grateful to see them all come together on stage. Make sure you guys go to Fifth Avenue's website. Check out the tickets. As Shanice said, hit her up. They got some discount codes. I got Make the codes, sure, codes, yeah. codes, codes. <laughs> Make sure you get your tickets, y'all, because this right here is something we all got to show up and show out and support. And thank you to Fifth Avenue Theater for the intentionality of bringing this show to the public. Of course, I'm going to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The David Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.